Hello, welcome and kumusta. My name is Hao and I am your occupational therapist and welcome to my podcast entitled OT Conversations. This is a podcast about occupational therapy and any other topics relating to the field be it medical foundations or philosophical foundations, some of my personal and professional opinions and point of view. I am hoping that through this podcast, I'll be able to help out occupational therapy students and clinicians to navigate their way through their clinical practice involving occupational therapy. In this episode, I'd like to talk to you about enabling activities. Now, enabling activities is a process. It is the second stage in terms of rehabilitation. And it is coming from the frame of reference called occupational performance frame of reference, which was conceptualized in the 70s when occupational therapy joined in to follow the biomedical model. So... This occupational performance reference is suggesting a continuum of rehabilitation from the very first part, which was adjunctive therapies, followed by enabling activities, followed by purposeful activities, and then community reintegration. In this episode, I'd like to focus on enabling activities. Enabling activities are activities, first and foremost, and they might not be purposeful or they might not have direct occupational meaning yet for the person. But what it does is that it approximates the skill of the person so that they build up to do things and they get to improve so that they can engage on that ADL retraining or purposeful activities. So if you remember some of those activities, like the skate limb, for example, for somebody who's had a stroke, you want to move your arms, you have two options. You exercise or you keep moving your arm and you use a skate limb while you're sitting in front of the table. And that is, use of a skate limb is usually specific to stroke and stroke services. And what you are banking on when you are using the upper limb on the skate limb is you are enabling lots of repetitive movement for that upper limb. So you're stimulating those upper limb so that eventually it will prepare to be used during your ADL retraining. Like I said, this is more for stroke. But what happens if somebody does not have a stroke? Can you still do enabling activities? Well, I find that if you do not have a stroke, if a person does not have a stroke, you can still do adjunctive activities. In fact, it will be so much easier to do enabling activities, I meant. So if somebody does not have a stroke and the condition is general medical case, it's much easier to do enabling activities. So how do we do enabling activities that will not look like an exercise? Well, actually, it's a step-up exercise. Because when you're doing exercise, you look at it, and so an exercise is an adjunctive activity. Yeah? And what you do is... 
you do regular movements and you repeat it over and over. So, for example, if you have to learn the skill of standing up, what are the things that you need to do when you stand up? A person leans forward and moves the head away or towards the knee where the purpose is to move the center of gravity from uh, the ischial region and the thigh region all the way to move in front of the, the knees or towards the feet so that it would facilitate movement and uh, shifting of weight. You're literally trying to topple yourself forward. So that's one step. Leaning forward, moving the head in a forward mo motion and sometimes that you do that movement of head in a forward motion is, again, the purpose is to stimulate or to move the center of gravity away from the base of support. And another way on how the person is doing it is by moving the hand forward. So when a person moves the hand forward, that enables the movement of the center of gravity. So that's why it's always a natural tendency for the person to reach on the walking frame. So that's the first step. After that, you move forward. And then after that, there is an activation of that leg to push the legs up. And at the same time, while the legs are pushing itself up, it happens simultaneously that the back is doing an extension. And when the back is extending, the head is now normalizing, going and reaching the upright position until the person is standing upright. So if this is the case of standing up, then the next thing is what activities can you do that will repeat those process of leaning forward, having a back extension, getting the arms forward. Yeah. So break those things down and then repeat it over and over. So an activity that you can do would be a simple reaching and placing. These simple reaching and placing activities. What can you reach? What, can, what items can you put forward so that the person can reach it? It's not the reaching that's the concern, but you're asking the patient to reach so that the patient would lean forward and would personally challenge their center of gravity. So that's something that you can do. And that is enabling activities. And then reach, and then how else? After reaching, you want the person to move the head uh, upright. So reach for an item in front and put the, you know, next to the person so that will repeat those movements so that's an enabling activity you're just using an item whether it's cones or pegs or little items that you can identify in the room another activity is for example putting on clothes particularly with the bottom half so what does this involve so if a person cannot put on the bottom half clothing what the next question that you need to do is what are the activities or what are the movements that is involved in bottom half dressing? So you analyze. Again, crossing the legs or re leaning forward to put items on the legs or to put the, you know, to don the trousers on the legs. 
So if you're doing that, so what activity can you do then? So you can ask the person to cross the legs and start putting loops around the feet or around the foot. Or get a TheraBand, make a loop out of that. And then get the person to put it on. And then, you know, and then try and pull it up towards the thigh. Stand up and then pull it towards the waist. So repeated movement over and over and over again is the key. These are little and very simple enabling activities. What about putting on the, uh, the clothes? You know, try and get loops of item, whether it's shirt, and then just put it on onto the head and then just onto the opening of the head over and over while sitting down. Because when the person is doing that, it's going to build up their, their endurance, their activity tolerance, and that will enable them. And that will prepare them to do their actual dressing practice. So these are little things. And these little things, these enabling activities are little things that should enable a person to be successful. The challenge with the direct ADL retraining is that the person may not be ready for it yet. And when they're not ready for it yet, they will struggle to do it. And when they struggle to do it, you will have to help them. And that's defeating the purpose of providing restorative retraining. So enabling activity is the key. Enabling activities are the key. So if you think about writing, for example, another example would be writing. You don't just go and practice direct writing you practice on scribbles and these scribbles are little enabling activities you know somebody playing football you don't develop the skill of playing football straight away you just practice little kicks you practice passing you know running with the ball building up your skill so enabling activities is is there it's very important has been a part of what we do. And I think the problem now is that we have forgotten about it. We have forgotten to label that. And when we have not labeled it, we have not been passing this information on to students. We have not been passing this on to our colleagues. And newly qualified therapists are, are, have forgotten how to do it because they have not been taught how to do it. Because it's not been identified. It has been forgotten. What about if a person is uh, not yet ready to participate on the physical enabling activities? Well, there are little enabling activities that stimulates cognition and mood as well. You know, being with the person, start to talk to them. When they start to engage with you, these are all enabling activities. And it has a dual role. The supportive conversation has a dual role. You're supporting, you know, you're, you're providing that supportive conversation. And at the same time, you're also enabling the person. Because every time the person is spending with you, or every moment the person is spending time with you, you are enabling them to use that uh, cognitive capacities they're responding to sensory stimuli they're responding they're challenging their perception 
they are you are stimulating their problem solving that is why i keep on saying in this podcast you know the phrase that anything you do matters and has an outcome all right i hope you get it guys so there you go enabling activities i hope it is something that you can think about in your practice start thinking about the things the little things that a person can do because these little things will build up to develop and improve the skill right until next time enjoy work and again everything you do matters and as an outcome use enabling activities until next time bye If you enjoyed this podcast, talk to your friends and colleagues about it. Like it, subscribe, share, and do what you can to appease whatever algorithm that is at play. I am but your humble clinician, albeit with years of experience, I have very little understanding of this digital world. So if you have any questions or if you have topics that you want me to talk about, drop me an email. It's riot. conversations at gmail.com just remember guys anything you do matters and has an outcome until next time bye